Deserve presents the Create Wealth podcast with Sandeep Jethwani featuring Suhail Wadgaonkar Is moonlighting like having an affair? Uh in fact uh, when there was this whole controversy going around and we were discussing it in office when a lot of IT services companies laid off uh, a large number of employees uh Suhail our head of talent who's on this show with me today told me that he feels like having an affair is very similar to moonlighting Suhail why do you say that why do you make this very strange comparison Hey Sandeep uh firstly thanks for having me on this uh, podcast I I feel very privileged to be here Um, coming back to you know what I mentioned, um, I, I strongly believe that moonlighting is very similar to having an affair, right? You are looking outside um, your current commitment for fulfillment and satisfaction, right? And that could be emotional fulfillment, it could be economical satisfaction, but you are looking out, and and that's the crux of the problem, whether it's it's in a relationship or whether it's at a job. I I want to actually peel this onion because uh, you know I've worked at a startup before I currently do you've worked at one and currently do uh I'm very curious as to why startup employees and especially focusing on the startup space why do startup employees really have feel the need to look out and moonlight on the side because I suspect when they when they join a startup they've signed up for this whole uh, process it is not a normal job and yet we are now hearing about uh senior mid level and junior startup employees talking about doing two jobs at the same time i actually find it pretty surprising when when startup employees uh moonlight right because uh, startups are tough physically and emotionally taxing how much how much ever we you know we we try and avoid uh creating and, and you know encouraging the hustle culture hmm. uh, the fact is that it's going to exist because you are uh, racing against time hmm. uh, you know a, a startup employee is engaged or ideally would be engaged for 12 hours and for them to be able to commit to another uh, another job beyond that is is surprising um i don't see them all succeeding mm-hmm. uh, right because you are going to be exhausted mm-hmm. uh, the one reason i would rather two reasons why i think anyone in a startup would or any any job would would moonlight is firstly for for economical reasons right mm-hmm. uh, they need to earn more they they have commitments which they need to fulfill and they need the money mm. uh the second is 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 to fuel a passion right so if someone say uh you know uh, they they've got their day job at a startup and over the weekends they are you know maybe bartending because it, it's 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 yeah a- that's okay i guess Yeah. that that is fine and like that is encouraged right it's a rounding of your personality helps you do better at work but in the week in the 5 6 days that you commit yourself to a company or to a startup uh the fact that you have to look outside for growth in itself is a challenge and it is a challenge not only for the employee but for the company absolutely yeah um uh, is is the company doing enough to keep their employees engaged and fulfilled is the big question that the company needs to ask themselves and you know i would ask myself that are we doing enough for our employees are we yeah. paying them enough are, are we keeping them engaged enough for the because they have to look out yeah and you know i feel that 
in fact in the short term while it might give you more incentives economic or growth wise i think in the long run moonlighting can be a serious career limiting uh move and i'll tell you why i believe that one it does not allow you to contribute 110% at the job you're at and therefore you are not able to rise up the ranks or be able to be that bar raising performer at your company uh the second is there is a huge reputational risk also that employees are running when they are doing this right because uh, that actually means that if imagine if you didn't know uh, or uh, when this employee is looking out for a new job that ref check realizes that there is he was or she was doing two jobs at the same time would it not hurt that employee's ability to get that new job that they aspire for right uh, absolutely sandeep so to the first point you mentioned right that anyone who's who's doing two jobs at the same time they're not giving their 100% to one right so uh in, in you know in in the context of things uh, both are going to suffer mm. uh, if not all three and all three being the two two employers and and the employee himself um and that's going to come out that's going to play out at some point right mm. everyone's everyone's going to see it yeah um and you know the long term ramifications of that are, are 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 significant so yeah i completely agree yeah and i think that you know we need to therefore as organizations ask employees if they are moonlighting and not uh, penalize them for it but solve for that problem right uh, and that's the approach that i feel that as deserve we should take where we say that are you moonlighting disclose it to us we need to know that and we will i will see that as a challenge that deserve needs to address that how do we ensure that we are more productively growing these employees do you think that makes sense or do you have a like a different point of view on that uh no i i completely believe that that's what we we should do right i i i would ask you know as as the head of hr i would ask myself that are we are we fulfilling people and their ambitions right are we paying them enough hmm. uh, right and are we are we engaging them enough because uh we are an early stage startup uh we do we do believe that anyone who's working and deserve is going to be engaged uh, mentally for at least 12 hours you know like even pe- people take take work back home uh yeah. but for them to sort of need to do more uh, to earn more is um you know it's it's for me to so- solve for uh, right and and that's what i'd want to do and so i want to carve out one part of that discussion so i see the point that we need to deliver growth uh, in terms of challenging work uh, to our folks uh, and then there is the second part about compensation right uh, and i want to sort of uh, align that with the employees wealth creation uh, thought process but before i go there there is this one uh, question is that is covid and therefore work from home a driver for moonlighting or an enabler for moonlighting because to be honest when you and i were in a previous startup which was primarily in person work yeah, or what they call irl in real life uh we didn't so much hear about this concept of moonlighting right right um so i i mean you know i continued at at, at my uh, my previous startup during through covid uh, right and 
I remember being fully engaged, if not more engaged um, with lower mental capacity to take on something else. Uh, Right. Uh, There is a possibility that organizations that had the resources overcompensated, right? Um, And hence gave employees more space, more time off, et cetera, right? In, you know, in the right spirit of things. Yeah. Um, And hence now are are dealing with this problem. Yeah. No, I think that uh, uh, maybe work from home was not the reason why moonlighting started. But it is certainly something that enables it in my mind. And therefore, like, do you want to go to the root cause or attack the enabler? I think there's questions for individual companies to answer. But I think the uh, bigger thing, and I think that's where this podcast becomes relevant, is that how can companies, startups like us, truly help employees create wealth so that they don't have to look uh, outside of, uh, you know, that company? And there are two aspects to this whole wealth creation theme, right? There is one, which is the life that you need to live today, which is the compensation, the salary, uh, incentives, benefits, et cetera, that you're getting today, which sort of are more like instant gratification stuff that you need for yourself and your family to be able to make sure that they have a decent life. And secondly, is this whole concept of equity in the company, which is where you really make disproportionate wealth out of it. How should companies, startups, or even employees think about this balance between here and now and the long-term wealth creation through ESOPs? Um, So for the here and now, I think it has a lot to do with resource planning, right? Um, In in smaller companies, it's a lot easier to be more efficient, Hmm. right? You are going to ensure that your current team is... Uh, engaged 100% is being utilized 100%, if not 110%, hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, before you think of hiring another person to do a similar job, right? Hmm. I, I think, you know, uh, as, as an organization, that's something we, we should be committed to because the moment I hire someone else, right? And I'm utilizing someone to 80% or 90%, hmm. uh, I will need another person and I'm going to pay that person, right? Hmm. So wouldn't I rather com- compensate people, uh, fewer people, mm. right? And be able to pay them more mm. uh, rather than split that between, you know, uh, more people. So, so that's the organizations the- just to that point have a responsibility of being efficient about how many people they hire. Absolutely. And and also driving out inefficiencies, right? Like poor performers, et cetera, um, and, and fill those positions with, with, with high performance. Yeah. Uh, right that that's important and that's that's what uh, leaders need to commit to so that's solving for the here and now it becomes a lot harder as the organization grows right yeah. so, um, I think easier said than done um, and the second is of course ESOPs mm. right equity uh, you know an early stage employees again have that advantage of of getting an equity when they join and getting regular top-ups as a part of their their appraisals mm. uh, but Companies also need to ensure that the employees are able to see the, that money, right? So buybacks, secondary sales are important to be done period, uh, periodically. Yeah. In many ways, I feel like ESOPs are an investment that an employee is making in that particular company. And therefore, the, we have to look at employees as a user of an investment product. And what do I mean by that? 
I mean that first we need to make sure that the investment product itself is attractive, ensuring that the ESOPs are have the right strike price. Like in our case, we said we will have it at face value, right? And not elevate the strike price to a higher number, which makes it more risky for the employee. Secondly, the vesting schedule needs to be uh, correctly structured in a way that is attractive for the employee stroke investor in the company. Third, it is also important that the other things around the ESOPs, like how long can you carry that those ESOPs with you if you leave the company, etc., also have to be attractive. So I think companies have a responsibility the way they would have to their users uh, about making the product attractive. Uh, they have a responsibility of making the ESOP, uh, you know, policy very attractive. The other perspective now, let's flip the uh, coin and look at how employees uh, should be thinking about uh, wealth creation through uh, a combination of salary and ESOPs. And this is something, you know, a lot of employees struggle with. I have struggled with it when I was working at an, uh, pre my previous company, trying to figure out like, how should I create the right balance of that? Uh, and I did come to a framework over time and I'll talk about that. But in your experience, uh, Swell, why, why do employees struggle with it? And how are the, some of the best folks addressed it? Like where you've been on the other side of conversations when you're recruiting candidates who are negotiating their compensation, et cetera. Give me an instance of an employee who's done it really well. What should I be doing as an employee uh, in creating the right combination of salary and ESOPs, how should I have this conversation? Right. Um, I think it's it's very important for companies to ask um, or, or the recruiter to ask, uh, you know, a candidate what their what their goals are. Right. When it comes to when it comes to money, mm -hmm. uh, and can the company actually fulfill that goal? And if they can, then they need to highlight it. Right. Um, and you know, I say this very often to to candidates and and our own employees that you all need to ask the right questions, mm. uh, right? While they're working at Deserve, we will always give them the answers, even if they're not asking the right questions. But 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 candidates need to ask those questions. They need to ask what the strike price is, right? They need to ask what the vesting schedule is. They need to ask what the whole period is. Uh, when we did that ESOP session, people 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 had no idea that. These are these are factors in a in a program or a policy that can impact them, right? So it's important that we equip them with the right knowledge to be for them to be able to ask the right questions. But if a candidate is able to highlight his goals, and a company can commit to uh, you know uh, achieving those, helping them achieve those goals, then I think that that marriage is done, right? Then then it's then it's you know, how much cash versus how much equity. And that's, that's what you negotiate. You ne negotiate the ratio. Yeah. You know, I, I actually have a slightly different take on this. Uh, and which is that, and I learned this, I, I, I didn't like sort of figure this out myself. Uh, it happened in a conversation when at my last company, I was hiring a senior uh, person into the team. Uh, and the way she approached this conversation was very interesting. Uh, she and we knew that we want to work with each other. The rounds of interviews had happened. Everything was done. And this was the final conversation about compensation. So she asked me, what is, do you think the right CTC for this particular role is? And also how much ESOPs do you think this particular role should get? And I laid out those numbers for her. 
she said okay here let's do this i will not take that ctc that you are offering me i will take 90% of that so i'll i'm giving you a 10% discount she told me but on the esop thing i want to max out and then the whole negotiation was only about esops now here is what happened in that conversation she took a haircut on the salary that i had offered her right and therefore i was obliged suddenly in that conversation to make it attractive for her and she also focused on the right uh, thing to negotiate for which is the esop component and today obviously she's made more than a few crores out of that uh, uh, esop so i think that as as employees when we are negotiating with the uh, with our employer and trying to have these con- conversations i think we should figure out what is the employer willing to pay in terms of compensation for that role offer to do it at a little bit of a discount which is comfortable for my lifestyle and then go and negotiate my esops to the hilt uh, because long term wealth creation alignment with the company will only happen yeah uh, with with that perspective i feel yeah i agree uh, let me also give you uh, uh, and i feel that's exactly what you did with me when you were joining the group uh yeah i i learned uh, i think i learned the hard way uh, i didn't i didn't negotiate my esops enough the last time uh, but another perspective to this is that as a recruiter hmm. i know that anyone negotiating on esops has a higher degree of commitment to the organization right mm. because they truly believe that they are going to succeed in the organization success so there's sunny there's all this alignment happening and i'm just as a recruiter i'm super happy because that's all i want that's amazing uh, suhail i i think we started talking about moonlighting and we ended up uh giving out trade secrets uh this has been a very interesting conversation for me something that i feel that most folks on both sides of the equation of the moonlighting equation the employees and employers will benefit from uh, it, it was great having you on this show thanks thanks so much sandeep uh, i i'm we're going to continue the conversation in office uh, but yeah i hope i hope this this helps people hit the subscribe button and stay tuned for our next episode